If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 292. This is our 2024 Genesis Invitational Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's elevated status PGA Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambleware. Come visit begambleware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system with golf betting system website. I'll get there. Where we have Genesis in-depth betting preview, strokes gained rankings. We've got form stats, plus of course our Genesis predictor model. All of that content, can you believe it, Paul? It's completely free of charge. There's no paywall. Mm. We're just giving it away. Mm. We're available on X. You can follow us. At a good talk golf, that is Barry. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available, along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, I know that 20% of you guys listen to this podcast on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe and please press that like button for us. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This review, chaps, is from Dan. Dan is in Colchester in Essex. It's quite long, but it's really good. Essential to the golf podcast rotation, five stars. I must confess, I listen to my pods on a non-Apple and Spotify podcast app. So it takes a special one for me to download Apple Podcasts to write a review. I first discovered the show in the summer last year after hearing Steve on Andy Lack's podcast ahead of the US Open at Los Angeles Country Club. I was already a big fan of Andy's work, but I was equally as impressed with the insight and fine details that Steve provided. Since then, the Golf Betting System podcast has been a weekly must-listen in my podcast rotation because of the brilliant effort that Steve, Barry and Paul put forth each week. Whilst the podcast is fantastic, I would also be it would also be remiss if I didn't give recognition to the fantastic event write-ups that go up on the site each week for the PGA and DP World Tours. I found no one else in the industry who go to the lengths these boys go in helping the reader, listener understand the nuances of the game and where the game is played. You would be doing yourself a disservice not getting involved with content from the Golf Betting System crew. Thank you, gents. Dan, thank you. That was a, that's a a, ve- a very in-depth uh, review. Much appreciated. Fantastic stuff. Yes, thanks, Dan. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to download Apple to to be able to write that. But the the words and the prose there um, really is pleasing to hear. So yeah, thanks for that. Thank you very much. It was. Uh... That was a five-star review itself. Mm, absolutely. I think we try and articulate in non-data format, yeah, courses and what people need to be looking for and trends and all this kind of stuff. 
And a lot of the podcasts I listen to are all about the data. And that's fine if you're into data. But we just kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? We just kind of go on and chat about various things that we find interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, the data's all there, isn't it? And data. There's, there's data, on the, data on the site, data, yeah. What was, <laughs> it's all about the data. Mm. Oh, dear. Last week, wow. What a, I do love the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, the PGA Tour is going through its um, trials and tribulations at the moment, but you've got to say it was a decent finish. Um, they managed to get it done in four days, just. Just about. Uh, I've got great news, chaps. We've actually got decent weather this week in uh, Los Angeles for the Genesis, so that's good. We might actually get it finished on time. Mm. But yes... Um, I didn't see Charlie Hoffman coming. I thought Charlie. I, th- I I genuinely think also when you get these these rare events where they don't reseed for the for the final round and they're basically they're playing in the same group all the way through the day. Mm. That does kind of aid the odd shock because someone like Charlie isn't sitting there thinking for two and a half hours that he's about to tee off in the final group. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he came from nowhere, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, it was it was like what, and this was we 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 messaged about this, didn't we, yesterday? On a soft golf course with receptive greens, it was like going back to twenty thirteen and seeing a dogfight between like a Charlie Hoffman, a Phil Mickelson, a Scott Piercy, a Ryan Palmer, all of the soft course players that were were legendary back then, Desert Rats. And, and there, there was Charlie Hoffman hitting it to about sort of eight feet on most hoes and actually nailing some putts and just starting yeah. to pull away from Scotty Scheffler, who yet again was lapping the fields in terms of terms of strokes gained, but not being able to putt. And then, of course, Nick Taylor. What a finish! Great, great tournament. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. No, really impressive from Taylor to to do what he did. Um, because as you say, Hoffman would be sorely disappointed not to have actually won that in the end from the position that he was in. But Taylor to to birdie what three of the last four, and then uh, eighteen both times in the in the playoff, super impressive. I love sixteen. Mm. You play a standing on the tee, you just stand there going, oh, mate, come on, you've got to make birdie, because otherwise, and then all of a sudden they're making bogey. Yep. Well, they do if they're Kevin Yu, but... Um, <laughs> is that, that's a, such a great hole, such risk and reward, it's fantastic. I'd move that hole anywhere. Mm. Just watch it each oh, week. Yeah, we've seen all sorts of drama on there in the past, haven't we? People are going in the water, going over the back. Brooks, he, uh, he chipped in, didn't he, in the final round um, mm. when he won uh, for for an eagle, that kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's great to have a hole like that right at the business end of a round, particularly on the fourth round where you uh, yeah, it can make all the difference to the tournament in the end. I actually felt like I made a bit of progress. I did land a full each way last week on Sam Burns. I think he was just a couple too far behind, but he played well on the Sunday. I was quite pleased with Burns. Again, I did say, didn't I, on the podcast, I thought it might eke into the 20s, and it did for the leaders. And that's the kind of golf that Sam Burns tends to come alive on when you can actually make some birdies. Yeah. Um, 
Paul, well done for you at the DP World Tour. You actually got two in the each way places at big prizes. So that was fantastic. Scott Jameson and Tom McKibben. Yeah, McKibben's... Well, I mean, Jameson finished ahead of him in the end, but McKibben was probably the disappointing one because he was in the vicinity all, all week. Just just couldn't make those birdies on Sunday. And that, that was always the fear, I guess. Um, it, when I When I backed him when I wrote my preview it was um, a case of he's just going to need to putt slightly better than neutral um, to to win this and in the end he was marginally the right side of neutral but it just needed to be just that little bit more. Scott Jameson was interesting because he looked like he was going to miss the cut he made a, an eagle to make the cut um, wow. on Thursday. Actually he needed birdie but he made eagle and uh, you know he's kind of sitting there, just uh, you know a couple of shots then inside the uh, inside the cut. Um, but fantastic weekend, sixty eight, sixty five. And if you dig into it, he made a triple bogey on Saturday as well. Take that away, he makes par there. He's on the winning score. You know, yes, I, I I guess it would have gone completely different because he'd have been in the you know in the real heat of the battle at that point. But shows you that you shouldn't give up on a player who's um, just about scraping the cut because there is an opportunity for him to come through and potentially uh, compete, contend and potentially win. So, yeah, that was pleasing. Scott Jameson, 66s, and McKibben was 28s. I backed him out. So mm. to get two of them into the mix, um, two of them into the paying places, saved the week, which was nice. What were your thoughts on the uh, weekend's golf, Barry? I also had a triple effect of bet. My, my long shot, Jake Knapp, going into Sunday, kind of in touch and contention and made a triple on 18 in his third round, just completely mm. tor- torched any chances he had of being there. So um, that kind of, that hurt. But yeah, I thought the Waste Management Phoenix Open, um, I thought it was really entertaining golf. Uh, the antics of the crowd was always going to get a bit crazy at some stage when this, <laughs> when, when it, something of that like level and amount of people are there just builds year on year on year i think everybody's seeing the the i guess say fun or whatever happened on full swing last year you get a few more ideas in your head and you just go that little bit crazy and you end up with that madness but it's only a few people they'll figure it out you have to find yeah well you have to like go too far to find out where the the happy medium is i think they found it so um, it presented a lot of entertaining videos for us to see on Twitter. Um, no, n- nobody seemed to get hurt, so okay. Um, the golf was really entertaining. Uh, the, just some really high quality stuff going down the stretch between Taylor and Hoffman. It was just yeah. blow for blow, yeah. and uh, that's I think that's all you ever want to see as fans. Just a couple of guys just or or more if you can get more involved in the mix but just hitting high quality golf shots when there's a tournament on the line so when uh, scotty yeah. took the lead early on in the final round what do you think his odds would have been on the exchange he must have got on zong he was one clear close, at one point yeah. and then he yeah. bogeyed a par 3 He's always in the mix, isn't he? It's mm. just that killer, killer instinct or that killer touch with the putter. That if he, if he, if and when he finds it again, it's just it's just going to be a procession of additional tournament victories. But 
but he'll probably Such win tournaments by six or seven shots if he gets a putter going. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But, you know, when you're backing him at single-digit prices each week and he He's not converting. Convert, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's frustrating if you were to be that side of it. And again, we, you know, it shows you exactly what happens in this game because we get yet another three-figure winner for the year on the PGA Tour. Um, yeah. And there was a case for him as well. You know, oh, yeah. he'd finished second the previous year. Um, mm. Was he seventh? Cent- oh, was it the Amex or the Century? He was seventh earlier in the year as well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. He'd had a, a he was in the finish. top 25 for my approach and putting numbers over the last eight weeks, which is pretty mm. chunky to as a, as a lead-in. I focus specifically on those approach numbers. Mm. So it's not. it wasn't a complete bolt from the blue. No. No, not at all. Steve, I have a question for you about Scheffler. Do you think he should be on your post-it note of doom? I've just counted, Barry. You know, and people, especially the media, you know, he's lapping the field in terms of strokes gained, which is, I mean, all of these facts are true. He's lapping the field. He's Tiger Woods-esque. The only difference with Scotty Scheffler and Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods used to do this and win. Hmm. Scotty Scheffler, 18 appearances, and they, I'm hazarding the guess here, apart from potentially the majors, he's going to be single digits in all of them. It's mm-hmm, now yeah. 18 starts and no victory. So you've lost money if you just backed him outright, not even each way. Yeah, so you're Phoenix just backing Open him outright because his price is short. He's fiend, yeah, it was the 18th start. And I'm forgetting the Hero World Challenge because he did win that. But it's 18 main tour starts since the players, and he hasn't won. And you're backing him, apart from the majors, at single digits every single week. So what if he was in the... I mean, if he got, let's say you've got top six in a certain percentage of them. He, you could probably wash out close enough to square, could you, if you were backing him each way? And he, a, an, yeah. extra, an exercise for somebody better at maths than me, but it's, it's just uh, interesting. He's, he's always get, in the top ten. You Always get the excitement in the top of, Yeah. You get the excitement of being, him being there, but recently not converting. So if you, were taking advantage no of, if you were taking advantage of, say, a bet 365 on their 10 or 12 places market or a boil sports, mm-hmm. you're basically getting your each-way money back pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. But he, he's not winning for you. Mm-hmm. At the moment. But as you just yeah. said, that's the point, though, isn't it? If he actually gets the putter... Even gaining a stroke, yeah, he's going to be winning tournament after tournament after tournament. The only thing we always say, and we do say here, as we Bermuda and Bermuda overseeded with Poa are is his surface. Five of his six PGA Tour victories on that surface. Mm. So if he doesn't, you know, Bermuda is clearly is prevalent in on the Florida swing. So Bay Hill must be something he's looking forward to. The players again, which has that Poa Trivialis overseed. And then we're on then we're into the bent grass portion of the well, not directly, but it'll be, you know, before you know it, you're gonna be into May and all of a sudden Bermuda becomes bent. And he yep. he's clearly he's won at the Masters. But again, that's a Bermuda grass golf course all the way to the actual green. He does love the Bermuda. 
Uh, just on Nick Taylor, by the way, before we move on, Nick Taylor has now won four PGO Tour events, which I find pretty amazing. He, he's a quality player. He, yeah. He's one of these, because his stats are so up and down and he isn't so superb with strokes going tee to green each and every week, you do get some amazing prices on him. He's like a, he's like a Sepp Straker in that kind of... Um, or you, know, you can name them, can't you? Um, yep. Kit, Kurt Kitayama is another one I always find. You know, you're banging 150 to one for a bloke that's in the top 50 in the world most weeks when he's mm. not playing well. But it's these it's these up and down, inconsistent golfers statistically that you can get value prices of, and he's definitely one of those. There was a I, I forget who it was. It may have been Padraig Harrington actually. There was a quote from someone. Um, very recently when talking about players and careers and that's exactly what he said was you, you you'd be far better um off having you know a lumpy career where you get the wins but then there's a lot of miscuts there rather than mm. just someone who's churning out mm. top 10s top 15s you know a, a Charles Howell third type who um is perennially in the vicinity on the leaderboard but doesn't convert because ultimately it's the wins at the end that are going to be the ones that are counted. They're going to be the things that stick out. They, when you look at someone's Wikipedia page, it's the wins that are collated. It's not the, you know, top seven finishes. It's um, yeah. You, know, you want the you want the high highs and the low lows. You don't want absolutely. the low lows, but that's yeah. The, that way it happens. They have have the ability to have those extreme outlier performances on on a week to to win. Like Taylor's done. Absolutely. Just looking mm. like looking back at last year. Bunch of cuts in there. You know, he's a lot an assassin, though, isn't he? When he's in contention, hundred and sixty to one. Seriously si- good. Oh yeah, hundred and sixty to one, sixty-six to one, and a hundred to one at the Phoenix Open. Those are his last three victories. Now those three victories put him level. Listen, to some of these names: Daniel Berger, Harris English, Russell Henley. Now Russell Henley's going off at twenty to one every week. Yep. Charlie Hoffman. That one must hurt, Charlie. Kevin Kisner and Siwoo Kim. So Nick Taylor has as many PGA Tour victories as all of those gentlemen. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well done, Sid. I saw, I saw a great tweet. It might have been Kyle Porter, but I can't remember who it was. But there was it was um, about his approach shot um, distance for the last six holes he played, which included the two playoff holes. I think the furthest one away was 13 feet. Mm. Mm. dialed in just stitching everything that's mm. that's it that's getting in the zone it's really, you've got really to say cool. you've got to say he's the best Canadian golfer since Mike Weir yeah yep mm. people go oh no Corey Connors but the in difference with Corey yeah. Connors is he yeah as you just said as Patrick Harrington said the trouble with Corey is he's always there or thereabouts but he doesn't tend to win hmm Good debate. They yeah. have got a decent crop of players, the Canadians, with Mackenzie Hughes and Taylor Pendrith, and I've forgotten one. They certainly, um, they've certainly got a decent, um, a decent tranche of players. Right, let's move on to the Genesis Invitational. How many are in this field, Paul? Is it uh, seventy? Seventy. Yeah. Tigers tournament that they play at Riviera Country Club, a course that he never won at, which I always find a little bit amusing. 
He's playing. A, he's playing. They play his tournament on a course that he never actually won at. Which there can't be many of those. Riviera Country Club, Hogan's Alley. It's a. It's a clearly a special field. Um. We've had a little bit of weird weather in the build-up, chaps. There's a surprise on the PGA Tour in 2024. Some of the numbers actually made me kind of, whoa, that's a lot of rain. They've had 174 millimetres of rain, which is seven inches, last week. If you take February, they've had over 10 inches of rain. Doesn't feel very Los Angeles-like, does it? No. Wow. Now, this course, to me, it's a bit like Phoenix was last week, Scottsdale. It tends to be... the, the, the These two courses tend to be the first ones where you get greens that release and fairways that have got plenty of roll on them. But with that amount of rain you get the feeling it's not going to be quite as firm and fast as it tends to be here. I'm talking about Thursday when we start watching the golf. I think there's going to be a little cut in the fairways. And the greens might be just a tad softer than they usually are. I'm not suggesting it's going to be Pebble Beach, by the way, where ball, hit ball, ball plug fairway, hit ball, ball just land on, on the green. I don't think it's going to be that soft. Um, but it's not going to be quite. I mean, you can sometimes these greens are, are pretty similar to what we get Augusta National. Glass like, you've got to be very delicate with them. So I think I think that this week we're going to see another assignment. You know, there isn't a lot of wind in the forecast. I think this could be one of these years where it could be approaching 20 under that wins this. John Rahm won last year at 17 and Wacky Neiman won at 19 under in 2022. Mm. Before that it was 12 and 11 under for Homer and Scott. No. I don't think it's going to be that technical. I don't think it's going to be that hard. It's going to be more mid-score scoreable kind of conditions yeah. rather than major championship tough. You know, I'm just throwing this out there because clearly you've got to try and link winning score to what players are comfortable at doing. Now, Nick Taylor's very, very comfortable at scoring 22 under at a desert golf course he loves. Whether he does very well here this week is debatable because this doesn't really sound like his kind of jam. It's a bit tougher for him. Other points to note. Medium-length golf course. Classical golf course, old style. It's actually a George Thomas original. And if you're, if you're looking for a very, very good um, link to that, don't forget he designed Los Angeles Country Club last year where they held the US Open. Now that course is a lot different to this because that's got like Heathrow Airport wide fairways. But this is tighter off the tee, but again, built in a canyon. So this course has got those. It's it's a it's a very it's a course that's got a lot of topography changes, which is exactly the same as LACC had, and clearly it's it's similar to what you get at Augusta National. A lot of uneven lies as well. 
Uh, other points of notice, big green, 7,500 square feet. They are pure Poana. Pure and Poana doesn't go together. They are Poana. <laughs> uh, rough and fairways. Kiku- Barry, you love this every year. Kikuyu grass. Mm-hmm. What's the other course with Kikuyu grass, Barry, on the PGA Tour? You suck. <laughs> Torrey Pines, where they had the farmers' insurance open a few weeks ago. However, that that Torrey Pines link is a little tenuous because they tend to overseed that with ryegrass. But anyway, it's Kikuyu grass on both courses. Anything to add about the course before we start moving on with this feature, Barry? What are your thoughts on Riviera? You, you must love this. Must love it. Yeah, I, I do. I really enjoy watching it. It's, um, a lot of ability to kind of shape the ball, place you know, to play a little bit of you know, extra creativity and approach shots, and to try get. It's just interesting watching the guys try to get the ball closer on the greens. Kind of, it does remind me an awful lot of shaping the ball in towards pins at Augusta, and you know, yeah. using slopes to try to try work the ball into holes. That's um, that's an awful lot more engaging to my golf brain than watching dart golf or, uh, in a dome where it's you know, you're just throwing balls at the green. They're stopping pretty pretty close by. So yeah, there's just a re- I don't know. There's something about the the vibe of the course with the trees and the the hills and the the flow of the land. Just yeah, it's it's a great week. I wish it was a couple of hours closer on the the clock. For mm. yeah, just with the West Coast to here is the eight hour difference is is a bit of a leap, but yeah, mm. worthwhile staying up late to watch it. I remember the year Neiman won, which was twenty two. I I got seriously sucked into this Augusta, and Neiman hadn't or hasn't done anything at Augusta. In fact, he's not even going to be playing it this year. But that's a different that's a different uh, conversation. But Ram, Adam Scott. Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, all Fred winners. Couples. Yeah, and Fred Couples, yeah. I mean, it does scream, doesn't it, Augusta National? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, J.B. Holmes. I remember this, actually, in the in the deep recesses of mine. He finished fourth at Augusta one year. Hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, carryover. Now, I've been trailing through the odds this morning. And as you know, this is, as Paul said, a 70-man field, short field. Best bookmaker for the 2024 Genesis Invitational. Again, we're going to highlight Bet365. They're each way extra market available. It gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Genesis. And as we highlight each way extra, they are now offering 8, 10, or even 12 places, all at 150 odds across both the PGA and DP World Tours each week. So that's pretty... I mean, you can literally back 12 places each way this week with Bet365 in a 70-man field. Yeah, clearly, you're not going to get the same odds, but you are maximising your chances at the very least in each way return, especially on the bigger prices. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering eight places each way and extended market best odds on Cam Young, 33 to 1. Tempt- I was tempted on Cam Young. He's got a good record here. Will Zalatoris, 40 to 1. We know how he um, plays on these classical golf courses and major tests. What about Hideki Matsuama? Can you believe? 60 to 1. 
He's 55 to 1 with Skybet, who are offering only seven places each way in their default market. So you're getting 60 to 1, eight places each way with Bet365 each way extra on Hideki Matsuama. If you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion. Plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code, Paul. What is is the bonus code? It is Sport30, S-P-O-R-T-3-0. When registering. I'm never going to ask Barry that ever again after a couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll see next time. I Go do on. learn my Go lesson, on. yeah. Don't ever ask you about Kikuyu grass. Don't ever ask you about the, <laughs> the bonus code required to open a Bet365 account. Uh, well, I mean, the Kikuyu was a trick question because it was overseeded. So, I mean, just, oh, that's you know. true. Uh, very, 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 very clever quiz master question. Thank you. Uh, move, moving swiftly on. Maybe we should do a quiz. Do you think we should do a listeners' quiz one night? That'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? I reckon. I reckon people would get involved with that if we, if I could be question master. The only trouble is, how do you stop people looking at the Google on their phones? Yeah. When you're doing something remotely. Yeah. You'd have to hold it somewhere and literally take everyone's phone off them as they walk into the room, put them in a secure <laughs> box, and then we're going to play properly, Jow Chaps. Pretty sure that's kidnapping, like that. Steve. But yeah. yeah, be like going back to school. Absolutely. John Rahm won this 2023, 20, 17 under, Neiman 19 under, Homer 12, Scott 11, JB Holmes 14 under. Their winning prices were, you won't be surprised to hear, that that was John Rahm's third victory of 2023. Uh, he was 15 to 2 favourite, so Scotty Scheffler like, but John had actually won a couple of times. Wacky Neiman, 75 to 1. That one, that's a, that's a concrete block on the back of the cranium, that one. Uh, Max Homer sixty to one. This is the, this is it, chaps. And don't. This is always a loaded tournament. Don't think that you know when Neiman won and Homer won, there was hardly anyone there. They were there. Adam Scott thirty three to one. J B Holmes one hundred and fifty to one. Wow. So there's there's some value winners out there. Thirty three, sixty, seventy five, one fifty. John Rahm fifteen to two favorite. So it's it's one of those that does get you licking your lips. There there could be some winners out there at a nice price. Um, I've started near the top of the board. Oh, by the way, I I am focusing. I think as this course has changed and developed over the years, and especially with technology, I think you've got to be a bit of a. I know this this could come across as disrespectful to the course, but this is one of the hardest courses for fairway accuracy. I think it's literally 50% hitting fairways. And I think we're almost into US Open territory here where it's almost bomb and gouge because it's better to be hitting it 330 and in the rough. And I've got a mid-iron where I'm hitting it 290 and into the rough. I'm 40 yards further back and having to go with a longer iron or actually just lay up. So I think I think power off the tee is something that we definitely need to be looking at this week. In terms of accuracy off the tee, I don't think it really pays any attention whatsoever. As long as you've got players that are good out of the rough, have a high GIR number out of the rough, I think that's something. Or, you know, proximity out of the rough, something like that. Those numbers are great. But I'm I'm going for players with a bit of pop, with a bit of pop. I also think you've got to be a half decent scrambler here. I know it's going to be softer, but 
I'm just checking the GIR numbers here. I mean, it wasn't. It was firm last year. Um, John Rahm was second for GIR at seventy point eight percent. So you're going to need to be able to get some scrambles and save pars. Right, I've started my card with Ludwig Ober. I managed to get twenty to one yesterday. Bet three six five eight places each way on Ludwig. Ober. This could be the tournament, you know, chaps. Could be the tournament where he kind of announces himself and says, here I am, chaps. I'm now in the top 10 in the world and I've only been playing the PGA Tour for less than a year. He's pretty oh, made coming. for it. And he doesn't do badly on power, does he? Ninth at Torrey Pines. Second at Pebble Beach last time out. And his win at the Omega European Masters on the DP World Tour last year came on those undulating, tiny greens at Cronchurcier, which feature bent grass mixed with Poana. Yeah, they do. And Ludwig Ober would be one of those ones where I would look back and go, oh, well, the only reason I didn't pick him was he's never played at Riviera before, but I'm bored of saying it this year, you know. We just said the same about Matteo Pavon at Farmers Insurance Open, and he wins the tournament. It's these these kind of trends seem to have just disappeared. Uh, Adam Scott did win this on course debut back in '05, I think. <clears throat> yeah, and this guy is good. <laughs> He's brilliant. This is not a wedge golf course either, listeners. It's all 150 and out, and Ludwig Oberg with a middle line in his hand and further out with his. Uh, you know, with you know approaches from two hundred plus with fairway metals and the like, really, really good. So I think I'm I'm on Ober at the start at the top. I thought twenty to one was a decent enough price on him. Where are you guys? I, I've got no idea who you guys are, are are putting up. So where are you? Where are your stakes in the uh, in the turf this week, chaps? In terms of price, uh, I've got four um, twenty eight and upwards for me. What about you, Barry? I have three, uh, 33 to one and upwards. What about you? Four go next, you, Paul. Paul. What's going on? Paul, you it's go on. Big yeah. Week. Yeah. Um, the first one I've backed is Jordan Spieth at 28 to one. And it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of love for Spieth this week. He was quite popular last week, but nothing much this week from what I can see. But um, I don't really see why um, third at the century sixth last week at the Phoenix decent off the tee last week 14th decent tee to green 16th last week um, eighth for strokes game putting as well and I always like to see some spark with a putter and yeah I, I get it with Jordan he's gonna he's gonna miss the odd really short one and frustrate but um, if the rest of his putting game is good and he's making enough putts then um, I am interested uh, perhaps the price is because he missed the cut last year but if you look back fourth in 2015 uh, another top 10 back in 2018 twice a winner on power bent power as well uh, pebble beach back in 2017 was a case in point he almost lapped the field there on the Poana. so yeah I, I it feels to me the kind of event where it's going to be a little bit more scorable and jordan spieth can come through and make the requisite putts when it's required to win this can shape the ball great Augusta record as we know um, which I do think is worth considering this week it's not the be all and end all as you said Steve but it's worth 
worth a factor. So, yeah, speed for me. If you're looking at an Augusta link, <laughs> he's not he's not bad at Augusta, is he, Jordan? No, no. He's reasonable. I'm sure we'll be sniffing around 12 to 1 later in the year for Jordan. <laughs> Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> As ever. You know, it's you know, we're talking about odds and value, yeah? It seems to be a, it seems to be a topic of conversation this week about value. Hmm. I'm putting up a player next who has won five times on the PGA Tour. He's 27 years of age. He's won five times since May 2021. And I found him at 28 to 1 this week, coming off form of 6th, 10th and 3rd last week. And he was around about 12, would I be right in saying? He was 12 points Bigger, yeah, 16, yeah, my maths is terrible. He was 12 points bigger than Xander Schofle, who never wins. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow. It yeah, blows, it blows me away. Um, Sam Burns. Yeah, 6th, 10th and 3rd last week. He was hitting his irons brilliantly on... The third and the fourth round. His wins have come at places like Copperhead, par 71, long. I know it's Bermuda grass. Tree lined, difficult. He's also a winner on bent grass at Colonial Country Club. Par 70, old style, pre claustrophobic. So it's not as if he can't play well on these old style classical golf courses. He was the 36 and 54 hole leader here in 2021 before he'd even won a PGA Tour title. So I just thought, yeah, 28 to 1, I'll have that. So I took that with Bet365, eight places each way by their each way extra facility. Would you say this would be his biggest win or would you say that was the WGC world match play from last year if he was to win this? Yeah, it's comparable now, isn't it, with the with the status of it? Um, WGCs were a thing, weren't they? Worth worth winning um, back when back when we had them. But um, yeah, I, I guess they've kind of been superseded by these uh, signature events, as they're now known. I don't care about the w, the WGC side of things or the signature side of things. If you just remove those, which is the more like I'd say historically significant event to win hmm. in modern times, you probably it's the Riviera. You know, if it, match play back in, you know, 15, 20 years ago when there were more match play events, yeah, that probably had a, carried a bit more weight. But I think you just get remembered for being a winner at Riviera more than you do for winning a match play. Mm, yeah, yeah. Top 64 in the world, though, you know, pretty much all there by the odd one or two. It's, yeah, it's an, in, an interesting debate, and I think you could debate both sides of it for that. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. I, I, I happily sit there and debate the match play side of it as well. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think you win at Riviera just has that. Anyway, do you think he's going to do it? Well, I'll put him up, so I hope so. <laughs> Where are you at 33 to 1 then, Baron? Uh, I put them all on last night. So, Tommy Fleetwood is the first one. Mm-hmm. I feel like to- Tommy's playing some. 
It's really, really good golf at the moment. Got a, you know the win just a few weeks ago. Um, I put him up was it last week or the week before. Last week for Pebble, I think it was, or the week before, and uh, didn't go so hot. Um, but I don't know. This, just if you're hitting the ball really well, I think this is the kind of place that could uh, connect with his golf game. You know, he can flight it around the place play you know manipulate it a bit it does this course also has seems to have a little bit of a you know a bias towards lefties who can fade the ball or righties who draw the ball and that's tommy's mm. natural shot shape so um although not everything about his game will be perfectly matched up to this i i liked i kind of went with that um overriding theme of like the draw and the that, the way he's hitting at the moment so Tommy's my first pick for the week. Tommy Fleetwood. Well, I'm on at 33 to 1 as well, but I'm on Sahith. Sahith Tagala. I've got eight places, 33 to 1. Went to Pepperdine, 20, 20 minutes up the road. And you just look at where he plays. Well, it's West Coast, and, and we've discussed this off mic and on mic. He's this kind of player that you, you take him to the American Express where you need 29 under par and Nick Dunlap wins. So Heath, you, he's probably not even going to make the cut. It's all over the place. Take him to a proper golf course where driving accuracy doesn't really matter because he does like a, some of those drives I was watching on Sunday. They, they do like to they do like to curl out of uh, out out of the fairway towards uh, to where the, the spectators are, are standing. But that doesn't matter here. He's long enough. He's got a great approach game at the moment, and he just plays well out west where he grew up. So yeah, I can see Sahith going very very well again this week. He was sixth here last year, I believe. I was going to say course debut, but I'd need to no. look at Paul's stats to verify that. No, he had, had a couple of. He uh, had a couple, couple of goes. Of he was definitely sixth here last year. I know he that he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A winner at Silverado last autumn. Kind of similar course ish in a way. You know, tree line bent. Uh, Poana in the greens, not overly long. Yeah, so I'm on Sahith Tigala. Thirty-three yeah. to one. No, he's he's one of mine as well, Steve. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've got to stick with him. I was on him last week. As I said last week, he opened at fifties and got backed into to thirty-three. What did you get similar. on last week? I, I I missed missed the early price last week, so I, I was on thirty-threes. Um, but yeah, similar similar story again this week, wasn't it? So, but I got there's there's no reason to drop him. He was right in the mix, um, right right until the final day, and just just couldn't quite muster the birdies on on Sunday. But he's playing well. He's playing some good golf, and yeah, I, I say he's the kind of player that if if you backed him the week before and uh, he's placed for you and got into a decent position, there's. It's a hard ask not to stay there for another week, so I'll give him another go. I made the mistake in the start of January where I backed him the week after he'd missed out in the playoff at the Century. Mm. I think that one really did hurt him. I don't think yesterday or Sunday will have hurt as much. I know he was in the lead for much of it, but it was it was nip and tuck the whole way, wasn't it, with him and Taylor. Uh, Taylor was leading for a lot of it. 
Then Charlie came up, and I know he dropped to fifth, but I don't think that will have taken as much out as losing in a playoff. No. No. In fact, I think he'll take the positives from it. You know, I'm playing really good golf here, and I'm going to a course I really like. Yep. Worth noting, was top 10 at Augusta National on debut last year. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. Mm. There aren't many top 10 at Augusta on their first go. He's a natural to Gala. Yep. Uh, so you're on as well. I'm. My next is forty to one, Barry. Where Where are you coming in at next? Just in around there, kind of blended. Go on, then you go. Uh, yeah, gone for two time winner at the event, playing sensational golf. Uh, Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, I like. He just—he seems to be in a really good space. Um, I watched a, an interview he did a few weeks back with Iona Stephen, and just seems like he's really got the head screwed on this year. Um, a lot of focus, aiming. Feels like he has another major in him, and with this being a major esque kind of vibe to it, or major light, uh, having won here a couple of times before, maybe you know when you're focused on the big prize of a major you might accidentally just pick up one of these along the way. So that's kind of my rationale. Nothing didn't need to go too deep into the stats to kind of back up why um, I've picked him this week. Just playing well, has good course history here. Uh, Bet, done. I always, always get suckered into either him or Justin Rose at the Masters. And it tends to be when... Adams finished 54th, 48th or 39th over the last three years. I need to make a note. Do not put Adam Scott up at the Masters this year. That's that's not dissing your tip, by the way, Baron. Although it it's okay. I, 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 it probably needs it to motivate. <laughs> so. he, he seems the sort to me that can contend at PGA Tour level. I don't know, in my own mind, if he's got the ability now to contend in majors, and clearly he thinks that he has, and if he wasn't telling himself that, he might as well give up, wouldn't you? But at something like this, and I've, there's a quote from him saying that he, where others struggle to read these greens, he just reads them so he, he gets on with them. So that's dangerous because he was he's hitting his his approach play at the moment is outstanding. I think he's like second for strokes gain approach on my eight week numbers. And then you're reading that he's very good at you know he's very good at reading the greens. Yeah, he's third for a strokes gained approach, and he's also third for strokes gained tee to green over the last eight weeks. There's not a lot to not like really. He's third also for strokes gained current form, so only behind Scheffler Thomas. So yeah, it's a decent bet. Forty to one you got. Uh, I'd have to check because I put I put a bet on each way, and then I also went and grabbed kind of a win only enhanced price. He opened at forties, I believe. Uh, let me see. I got, got forty five he... forty five to one on an enhanced win price on oh, three six yeah. five. Yeah, and then I got him. Hang on, I can just tell how well I track my bets, and I can't even find them that quickly. I think, uh, I think it was. 35 to 1, maybe. maybe yeah, I think it was 35 to 1. to 1 on the each way extra with bet 365 when he opened. But he's been backed yeah. in across the board, and I can see why. I got 30, 33 to 1, seven places. Mm. Yeah. That works. 
It will if he wins. Anyway. He's on my post-it note of doom, as you know. It's always funny. When you put him up, You always list, there's always a, like a three-second pause. You're expecting me to jump in negatively straight away. <laughs> and I'm not falling for it. I kind of went at it from a different angle this time. <clears throat> I hope he wins for you. No, uh, through, grit, through gritted teeth. <laughs> no. Far from it. <laughs> Again, value. Can someone explain to me why Wyndham Clark was 40-1 to 1 on first show with Bet365 this week? 55-1 to 1 if you wanted to go in, uh, with, with the bog standard each way places yesterday. Mad price, wasn't it? So let me get this straight. Xander hasn't won for two years, is it? You're coming on for two years since the Travellers in 2022. Hmm. Patrick Cantlay hasn't won, I think, since going back to when he won the Tour Championship in 22 as well, something like that. And you, 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 you know, you're scratching around for 16s and 20s, and then you've got a guy that's won three times in the last year, including a US Open, and you've been able to back him at 55 to 1. No sense to me. Anyway, I'm on Wyndham Clark. I, I took 40 to 1, eight places each way with Bet365 on Wyndham Clark. This is a guy that's finished 17th here, 8th here, 33rd last year. Gets on with the golf course, says he loves it. He's hitting his approach play right now. He's really bang on. I think he lost his rag last week. At, uh, he, he shot brilliant scores in round two and th- round three, and then he got to kind of semi-contention. I think he made a mistake early on in round four and kind of just, ah, whatever. So I'm not overly bothered about that. But I think here, for a guy that won at Pebble Beach a few weeks ago and shot 60 on Poana Greens, and now I know these greens aren't the same. But clearly, Pebble Beach, they're small and flattish. Here they're bigger and more undulating, but Clark, streaky putter, long approach play right now is lights out. Give me give me forty to one about a US Open winner. No problem at all. Mm. I'll take that. Are you on Wyndham, Paul? I am. You are the two of my four of match two and two of yours. So Can you understand these pro- is it all again about these strokes gain numbers? I or it's just inconsistency. I th- think so. Maybe it's just that the bookies have seen him at longer prices earlier in the season, and yeah, he's, he's won, and you know, the, the price just hasn't been slashed as much as perhaps it should have been. I, I don't, I, I don't get it, Steve. I, I like here. Yeah, I looked at the price. I thought that's too long. I've got to take it. Um, yeah, he won by default at Pebble Beach. I get that, but he still topped the uh, strokes game putting stats on those Poana greens from the recorded rounds. Um, so it was. Understandably, putting well. I don't think it's going to have taken too much out of him emotionally and mentally to have won that because it's not as if he had to go through the heat of a Sunday mm. battle to win. It was just kind of landed in his lap. <laughs> landed on his lap. Here's three point six million dollars for not playing on a Sunday. I'll thank you for that. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to Phoenix. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the reason his price stays out where it does is because he's just not that popular, sexy bet? He just doesn't yeah, drag maybe. in that, that weight of money on him. Maybe. 
and yeah, the, the market's going to be influenced by the by the by the punters. And yeah, there's there's a starting position, and then mm. as we've seen with Tukala, you know, the starting position the last couple of weeks has been uh, been quickly hammered. Uh, Wyndham Clark, not so much so, even though he's got that uh, recent win. We saw when he won that uh, when his US Open, he'd won really quite recently in that as well. So you know, yeah. winning twice in quick succession yeah. isn't out of the question. That is was it? another reason I loved him, Paul, for that very yeah. reason. Yeah, was, I think it was two or three starts later he won the US Open, so yeah. why he, not? He won at Quail, missed the cut of the PGA, then he showed at the Memorial, which was on that really tough, glassy course at, uh, that Jack Nicholas puts up at uh, Muirfield Village. He was uh, second for GIR that week. Then he goes to the US Open and takes that out the week yep. uh, two weeks later. So he went win, miss cut, 12 first. So he's not the sort that shies away from winning in quick succession. No. No, absolutely not. It's great, great each way bet, I think, this week at the price on offer. Hmm. Right, my last tip uh, won't surprise anyone, I would have thought, but he, he's at 90 to 1. Where are you, where, where are you two coming in at for your bigger uh, shot? 80 to, one, 80 to 1 for my final one. Go on then, mate. I'm cop. I'm copying your homework, Steve, so you can you can okay, take, right. take this one. So take us through your eighty to one shot, Paul. Eighty well, he's been nibbled in. You mentioned him already. Um Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, he was eighty to one yesterday wow. uh, with a bog standard each way prices. You can get sixty to one, did you say, right now with uh, yeah with eight eight each way. Yeah. Again, it seemed too big to me for a player of his undoubted quality. Uh, not playing terribly either. Thirteenth for the Farmers, twenty uh, second last week in Phoenix. And what I liked about the Phoenix stats was it was the first time this year that he has been strokes gained positive with the putter. Now we know Hideki, we know his game, we know how good he can be from tee to green. When the putter warms a little, he's a dangerous proposition. So, been strokes gained negative all year up until last week. So perhaps he can bring that forward. Um, into this week, I, I guess the reason that is the price he is is that his record here is a little bit underwhelming um, of recent times. Missed a couple of cuts, two of the last three times that he's come here to Riviera, but before that, fourth, eleventh, ninth, fifth um, from four attempts prior to that between twenty fifteen and twenty twenty, and at the price. You know, again, there's this Augusta link there. I think he could sneak a place. I think he could potentially go better than that. Um, if he can really get the putter working this week. But, yeah, quite happy to take a punt on Hideki this week to complete my team. Going back to prices, I I think a lot of these bookmakers price up. They price up for each way, don't they? They also involve strokes gain data. So if you're a consistent sort that's constantly around that top 10, you're getting your price chopped off at the knees each and every week. Mm. If you're one of these more sporadic, miscut <laughs> I mean at the end of the day they've got to offer bigger odds on some players so the ones that are more erratic are going to be the ones that they actually give you some value on yep so Clark definitely comes into that into that um, that mix for sure Matsuama uh, yeah, they weren't giving you a lot of, of, of value on him but he's definitely being edged out week in week out isn't he now yeah big price the last one I haven't been able to shift off of my eight-week tracking numbers for ages is Kurt Kitayama. 
Um, he was priced up triple digits for this first thing. He just said, wow. He's in the top 12 for both off the tee and approach and top eight for strokes gained tee to green in my eight-week trackers. He won the API last year, which was a signature event in 2023, which is basically the same as an elevated event in 2024. And he also finished fourth at the PGA Championship on the very classical tree-lined tough Oak Hill. So <clears throat> he's from Northern California. Hasn't really shown a great deal on power. He's had a top 20 at Pebble Beach. I was on him this year and he started really well. Then he fired in a 76 at Spyglass and then he, he finished with a top 10 round on the on the uh, Saturday. So, yeah, I don't know. But yes, Kirk Kitter-Yum's just playing some really good golf right now. There's a real opportunity, you know, because a lot of the, the US elite don't seem to have started yet. So if, if some of these guys like a Kitty Yama or a, a Sahith or a Keegan Bradley or someone can get a big victory this week, they're pretty much getting right into the President's Cup mix straight away for Team, Team mm. USA. And clearly there's some big, big FedEx Cup points up for grabs in these signature yep. of, in these elevated events. Um, you're on him as well, aren't you, Baron? Mm-hmm. Can you add anything more eloquent than I just did? No, well, other than I had to walk back a comment last week in our thread. What did you I was say? Doubt, I was doubting Kiriyama. You're going to quote me now, aren't you? I hate no, you. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get you to say what you actually said. I think it was just a general doubt about Kiriyama and the, the, the level of golf he was. And um, from, from that moment on, he proved everything I said wrong. So I've now done a full 180 and I've backed him this week. Yeah. You'll miss the cut. You can actually miss the cut this week, chaps. Good. You've got to be within the 10 shots of the lead, is it? Something like that? Top 50 and, yeah, within 10 shots. Top 50 and ties and within 10 shots. That's great. They need to have a cut. Yeah, they've got a cut for uh, for Tiger's event, for Arnie's event and for Jack's event, which I think they needed to have done. They should do it for all the signature events. The guys who are struggling for that week don't want to be grinding out two rounds on a over the weekend. Mm. Yeah. Have any of you got a triple digit selection for the listeners, or should we call it quits? Is there, is there anyone at triple digits if you haven't backed that tempted you? I have one. Go on. Then. I have double triple digits. Come for oh, Kevin Yu at two hundred to one. Seven places. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of gone with the hoping he has a slightly better than average week with his approach shots. Last year he was 14th on tour for strokes gains T to green, which is a good good match up here. Um, he's lethal with his short wedges, which is very good for uh, getting up and down here. So I've uh, grabbed him. Give it a whirl. Let's see what happens. Yeah, be just the uh, just the ticket to for him to, to do something after after missing the cut last week, Steve. He was going really well, you know. 
he was I think he was on the wrong side of the draw. Mm. And then he got to something like six under, and then they called it quits. Or he was a four under. That's right, four under. And then they called it for quits on the Friday. And then on Saturday morning, I'm just scrolling through and I'm looking for Kevin. Clearly, I made the mistake of starting at the top of the leaderboard. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Oh, oh, shit. Scrolling, scrolling. He went dodgy breakfast. He he went double bogey, par double to eject. It was a bit Jake Knapp-like, but he did his over four holes rather than just the one. Mm. Yeah, so double bogey, par, double. So he went from being like top five tee to green at Pebble Beach to being like 117th for tee to green. But that's what you get with these youngsters, I suppose. If he actually goes back to type, he could be the perfect kind of player for for Riviera. Strategic ejection so he could get the weekend off just to fine-tune it for Riv. Mm. I see Gary Woodland in there at 250. It'd be nice to see something out of Gary this week. By the way, Charlie Hoffman asked Tiger Woods for a sponsor's invite to this event. And Tiger said, um, sorry, sorry, Charlie, they're all full. And Charlie then said to him almost, you know, as you would, oh, I'll play my way in. And he did. <laughs> so fair play to Chuck Hoffman. I like stories like that. Mm. I love stories like that. I think that's us done, chaps, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all good. All good. I hope your bets go well. You too, boys. You're in Kenya next week, aren't you, Paul? Back to Kenya, yeah, yeah. Poor field by the looks of it. I haven't quite worked out who's going to be favourite. Maybe maybe Tristan Lawrence will be favourite next week. And we are off to, on the PGA Tour, to Mexico for the Vedanta at the golf course that John Rahm and Tony Finau have won at at single-digit prices for the first two years. Hmm. So that'll be interesting to see who's going off at single digits. It's clearly going to be Tony Fee now, isn't it? Yeah, if he's playing, yeah. yeah. And the way he's hitting the ball from tee to green, it'll be hard to dissuade. It'd be hard to dissuade you not to back him at seven to one in what is likely to be a terrible field. But Barry and I, I've already got one of my tips for next week, Barry. You know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all good. I hope your I hope the listeners uh, your bets go well. Um, we will be back next week with the Golf Bank System podcast. Um, if you have listened on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. And uh, please, if you've made it this far, throw us a five star review on Apple. We are out. So if you write one next week, you're very very likely to get read out at the start of the show. See you again soon. If you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf